Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for the podcast powered by coffee and Mountain Dew. The Morning Five with Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for your favorite morning podcast. It is The Morning Five for Tuesday, May 9th, 2023. And as always, it's brought to you by the Perry Lawyers. Nobody wakes up thinking, man, I hope I hire a lawyer today. But hey, life happens. Don't call one of those big law firms with overused slogans and thousands of billboards. We have a top-notch law firm right here in West Georgia. The Parian Lawyers with offices in Carrollton and Bremen. Personal injury, workman's comp, and everything in between. Find them at callcadenow.com. That's C-A-L-L-C-A-D-E-N-O-W.com. Local lawyers catchy slogans, a few billboards, big results. Bryce, today is National Butterscotch Brownie Day. Oh, God, this is terrible. Sorry. I couldn't even get it, get it through, man. Oh. Are you not a fan of, like, butterscotch at all? No. no. Really? So you don't like those, like, Werther's candies? No. no. Oh, man. Wow. Okay. Okay. I think, I think we found the one, like sweet dessert type thing that i enjoy that you don't i love butterscotch i love werther's candy um i'm a huge fan of butter uh, butterscotch snops i don't think i would like butterscotch brownies i'm not a huge brownie fan uh but yeah i i do enjoy the flavor of butterscotch i like those old werther candies um my uh, my great grandmother used to carry them around all the time nope Mm-mm. nope can't do it couldn't even like get through my mouth That's wow Okay. All right. Yeah, I think we found the, I think we found the one thing that uh, the one candy that that I enjoy that you don't. I think it's butterscotch. Anything butterscotch. Not a not a fan of brownies, but I do like the flavor of butterscotch. We are eighty six away days away from the NFL, eighty seven days away from high school football, and one hundred and nine from college football. So let's Sweet. freaking go. Let's count down on baby. Not many more baseball games we have to watch until football starts. Oh, we still have a ton of baseball games. Not many. Not many at all. Not many at all before football starts. Thank goodness. Speaking <laughs> of, let's get to the baseball. Braves begin a two-game two series today with those Boston Red Sox who are fourth. They are fourth in the AL East right now. And they are, I think, what, two games back from us? Uh, they... They are right now, Boston is 21 and 15, and they are eight games back of the lead. Yeah, so they're but they're probably, games. they're three games back from us. Because we're 24 and we're 11. 24 and 11. Yeah, they're four games back of us. Ugh. That's that's just unreal. But anyway, yeah. Two games set with the, the Red Sox at home. Probably Morton on the mound tonight against Pavetta. That begins at seven twenty. We we don't know who's going to pitch for us tomorrow. Um, that sucks, but I'm assuming it'll probably be um, who it was last week who we sent back down. Well, a Dodd, um, Dylan Dodd. Yeah, Dylan Dodd. Yeah, uh, yeah I, don't th- so- I don't. I don't think I've seen anything that has come through uh, that um, that has the starter for tomorrow night yet, but. You know, they it that, that's one of the nice things, I guess, about the Braves having their AAA team uh, like 30 minutes from their stadium is they can literally make a decision two or three hours before game time and have the have the pitcher at the stadium and ready to go. No um, joke. 
Sean Murphy won the NL Player of the Week last week. Awesome to see. Great to see that out of Sean. We actually just mentioned on the podcast how good Sean Murphy's been doing recently, and he gets uh, NL Player of the Week honors for that. And the Braves uh, reinstated Little D yesterday from his rehabilitation assignment and reinstated him from the injured list. Uh, the club optioned Chadwick Trump down to Gwinnett following uh, the game the other day. So nice to see that Little D uh, is coming back, man. I'll be honest with you. When he got his, when he got that, I don't know what it is, like sixth or seventh concussion now of his career, um, I was a little concerned that we'd, we'd never see Little D play baseball again, much less come back for the Braves and play. I, I literally thought that his his career might be over because stuff like that, man, you can't can't take that seriously enough. Like, uh, you know, if that's if, if it's if it's to the point where you're sort of concerned about long term effects, man, it's it's scary to come back from. I would assume he'll be in the lineup tonight um, as a DH and having Murphy still behind the plate. But that's that's good. It just makes our lineup that much deeper. I mean, we're we're getting back to the point where this is our starting lineup that we had for opening day or right around it. So let's uh, let's continue to build on this because we need to put. You know, I'm I'm one of those people that wants to put as much distance between us and the second place team as possible. For sure. Yep. So we're not doing what happened last year for the Mets you know down the stretch right um so but yeah uh, I'm, the... I'm excited I, I i like i like when the braves play the red sox i think it's just one of those old school baseball moments that you know boston used to have be have the braves and now they've got the red sox so I, it's just one of those things that i love to watch does it throw you off that it's a two-game series? Even series always throw me off, whether it's two or four. They always throw me off, and, like, I don't know, my rotation or the way I think about baseball. Like, it's it's just odd to me. No, it doesn't throw me off. Um, I, I wish they didn't have two-game series. I wish they had a minimum of three, but that's that's my only thing. I mean, when you look at the minors, minors have five-game series. Yeah, but that's amateur baseball. That's not That's not real baseball. Like that's that's practice. That's that's what minor leagues is. Minor leagues is practice. It's the big boys. We don't we don't practice. I go with three. Three game series, that's what it should be. 24 7, 365, three game series across the board. Unless we get into the playoffs, obviously. So obviously, like we mentioned, a two game series beginning tonight, which is Tuesday, Wednesday, then we'll have Do we go right into a four game set or is it we have Thursday off as well? Uh, we go, we have Thursday off as well, because then we have a long road, well, not a long road trip, but we have a road trip. We go to Toronto and then Texas. We have a three set with the Blue Jays and then a three set with the Rangers. And for some reason we have like 65 games in a row we play where we play AL opponents. I don't understand this. So Bryce, I don't, I don't know if you've noticed this, but this is something that I've thought of, um, a lot. The Braves offense has been ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous all season long, right? hundred percent. Yeah. Something that I don't think a lot of people are are considering is the fact that, you know, the Braves list lifted the whole COVID uh, restrictions that they, they've had on the past and requiring that all coaches must be vaccinated, which brought back uh, a certain old battle axe. And he's been around the Braves a lot this year. And Rogers? Chipper wow. Jones, bro. I didn't know. I didn't know Aaron Rodgers was a hitting coach. Now is Chipper Jones 
uh, you know, is he vaccinated? No, he's not. Oh, he's not. Oh, well, did, did he give the old Aaron Rodgers thing? The whole. <laughs> I, I don't know if he went as far with Aaron Rodgers, is, but is Chipper Jones immunized? Just not vaccinated. <laughs> uh, allegedly, allegedly, we got to say that. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly, that's what happened. Yeah. And it shows, man. I mean, I'm looking at the stat right here. The expected on-base average when you consider uh, exit velo and the hard hit percentage between Sean Murphy and Ronald Cunha Jr., their expected on-base average right now, it's not, but their expected expected on-base average right now is 483 for Sean Murphy and 458 for Ronald Cunha Jr. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's nuts, dude. I mean, I mean, you got Michael Harris at 366, Ozzy at 365, Olsen at 352. Even Ozuna's at a 347, so uh, that's nice to see his hard hit percentages up there. And so it makes it makes sense, you know. You get the, you get Chipper back in the building, and you get him back swinging it in there. Uh, whether he's vaccinated, immunized, you know, inoculated, whatever it is, uh, he's helping the offense. I, I think so too, but. All right, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, let's get to the NFL. The NFL has, you've given us two early power rankings. Oh, God, we're getting to that point, aren't we? Yes, sir. It's almost time for the power rankings. We, uh, what are we, like uh, two weeks, two weeks away, three weeks away from those optional OTAs that aren't so optional? I don't know. I feel like they have 17 different workouts in the NFL during the summer now. Yeah, but my way too early power rankings now, post-draft and post the majority of free agents we still have some free agents that are signing here and there uh but we we do have some post uh post draft and post pretty much the majority of free agent power rankings here chiefs number one chiefs come in at first the chiefs had a solid draft adding an elite edge rusher and defender and other targets for quarterback patrick mahomes uh uzama produced a pff grade of 74 or better in each of his past two seasons that's nice for patrick mahomes and 21 of his 89 pressures over the past two seasons resulted in a sack it seems like the chiefs just keep reloading they lost quite a bit in the offseason but they just reloaded through free agency and the draft i mean i, I sort of doubted whether they could make it back to the super bowl after they traded tyreek hill their best weapon not only did they make it back they won it so i'm, I'm sort of done doubting the Chiefs. I think Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are moving into Tom Brady and the Patriots territory where I'm not going to bet against them until they're out of the playoffs. Uh, it's it's just one of those things it seems every single year they are probably the toast of the AFC. The number two team I have up here is the Eagles. The Eagles were lauded for their draft picks. They got three defensive players out of Georgia. Uh, and if anybody has been living under a rock for the past two years, the best defensive players in college football come out of Georgia. Um, adding two Bulldogs they selected in last year's draft, Jalen Carter will join the defensive line, shoring up the defense with another piece of one of the best defenses in college football history. Philadelphia also filled holes at safety with Sidney Brown, who earned an 89.4 coverage grade in 2022. And they also added DeAndre Swift from the uh, from from the Lions. So the Eagles just getting better. They shored up Jalen Hurts for a while. The Eagles are the best team in the NFC by a wide, wide margin, in my opinion. Uh, the 49ers needed a backup linebacker and cornerbacks after losing Aziz Al-Shair, Emmanuel Mosley, and Samson Abukum. This season, uh, they drafted Daryl Lutter Jr., D. Winters, and Jalen Graham. Uh, may fill those gaps, particularly Lutter, who allowed a 27% completion percentage in 2021. It's nice to see out of him. The big question to me for the 49ers is who's going to be their quarterback? 
is, is Trey Lance going to come back and be healthy? Is it going to be Brock Purdy to start off the season? Purdy played well. Uh, Lance, we just sort of don't know. He's sort of a question mark. He hasn't been able to stay healthy long enough for me to sort of get a read on him. So it'll be interesting to see who starts the season and who they roll with out there in 49er land. They have a good team around whoever starts at quarterback, but they really need that captain to be out there and steer the ship. Uh, the Bengals come in at four after losing two starters, two starting safeties in Jesse Bates the third and Von Bell this offseason. The Bengals were also going to draft at least one. They settled on Alabama's Jordan Battle, who I like. Uh, he earned an 80.0 plus PFF grade in each of his past three seasons at Alabama. They also drafted a solid cornerback in DJ Turner, who allowed a catch on just 46.5% of passes thrown, his coverage, and forced 14 incompletions in 2022. Nice draft from the Bengals. They didn't have a lot of holes on offense to fill, but when Joe Burr is still your quarterback, he's, he's going to be the favorite probably in that division. And I would say, in my opinion, he the Bengals are the only team in the AFC right now that can compete with the Chiefs. I think I think the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Eagles. And I I want to include the 49ers, but I think these top four have separated themselves from the pack. The 49ers, I'm just not sure about the quarterback position. Uh, if I knew right. who they were starting at quarterback and had a little faith in them, then I could I could surely put the 49ers in that top four and say they've separated themselves. But I, I just I just don't know who they're going to start at quarterback. So that's that's a question mark for me. Uh, and then and then wrapping up the top five is the Bills. The loss of Tremaine Edmonds is significant for the Bills defense, but they were able to retain safety Jordan Poyer and linebacker Matt Milano to maintain some stability. They also boosted their offensive line by signing uh, Connor McGovern, but their other free agent moves have been fairly lackluster, and they haven't addressed sort of the elephant in the room on the offensive side with the running back situation. They didn't run very well last year, and they didn't seem to address that in the draft or the free agency. So the Bills are fifth, but I think there is a significant drop-off in team talent between the top four and the rest of the pack. And I, I would I'd feel a lot more sure putting the 49ers in that top four uh, if, if Purdy or Lance was the absolute starting quarterback to begin the season. But that is, uh, that's the NFL way-too-early power rankings for 2023. All right. Well, good. We're... We're less than 100 days away from the NFL, 86 days away from the NFL beginning. So, <laughs> Yes, sir. Let's, I'm so excited. All right, Bryce. Let's talk about the Hawks uh, draft. Uh, this is just a couple of, of players that you've written down that you believe that might be good fits for the Hawks. Yeah, so there's a, there's a couple of them. The Hawks are... I don't, I don't know. The Hawks might get a starter. They're going to be drafting kind of uh, far back in, in the uh, NBA draft. That's, uh, that's sort of what happens when you have a, uh, I don't know. I feel like we're in purgatory almost with the Hawks, you know, like we're not good enough to win the NBA championship, but we're all also not bad enough to get a lottery pick. We're picking 15 and it's, it's sort of right in that purgatory. Sometimes you find a starter. Sometimes you don't. Uh, Keontae George is one of the guys that I like a lot at that 15. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be available. He's the big 12 rookie of the year. Uh, he averaged 0.67 points per touch on his drives, which ranked nearly best amongst uh, all the prospects with hundred drives or more uh, per 100 possessions. He also was one of the leaders in unassisted three pointers made 1.8 last season, which I think that would boost and bolster that shooting kind of void that we had in the Hawks this year that I said 
Trey Young needs to be surrounded by. Trey Young needs to be surrounded by shooters. And I think Keontae George is a will it be a nice shooter to surround Trey with. He also grabbed 88.7% of his adjusted rebound chances. That's that's another, you know, great little thing to see. I don't know how he was on defense. I didn't watch a ton of Baylor in college basketball. Um, but the fact that he grabs a lot of rebounds and can shoot three pointers, that's nice to see. I think he would work well with Trey. No Tariq Whitehead is another guard that I think would work really well with him. Um, he is a drive-heavy guard who had no issue navigating the lane at the college level. Whitehead will hope to build on his athletic and will carry him far into the draft process. Uh, in the right system, he could be molded into a top-tier two-way player uh, with his motor and basketball IQ, which leads to steals and blocks. This guy is a 3-and-D type player. I, I'd be pretty shocked if he fell to 15, but if he did, Whitehead is a nice pickup for the Atlanta Hawks. He is sort of a DeJounte Murray light. In my opinion, he, he's a little bit of a okay. mix between between DeJounte Murray and DeAndre Hunter. He's a three and D type guy. Um, he, he'll he'll contribute on offense a bit. But I think where where Whitehead's strength is going to be is his defensive prowess. He's going to be a phenomenal uh, Billy. If, if we can pick up Whitehead, I'll be honest with you. Midway halfway through the NBA season next year, it wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me if Whitehead is the Hawks best perimeter defensive player. Um, I, I like the way he wow. plays. I, I like the defense in the perimeter. Um, he's a solid guy. I don't think he's going to slip to 15, but if he does, I'd like to see him pick him up. Cason Wallace is another guy I'm looking at at 15. Uh, he's a lead guard who is impactful on both sides of the ball. He wasn't great in his one year at Kentucky, but showed enough flashes to reassure the front office that he's worth uh, being a top 15 pick in, in this year's draft. He's probably a project. One of those other guys you're going to draft at 15 might be on the bench one or two years, get some sparing minutes here and there. He's not going to be a guy that's going to come in day one or even year one and make an impact on the roster. I wouldn't believe uh, he is a guy that you're probably shooting towards like 2025 as being an impactful guy. A lot of raw talent. He's like Anthony Richardson. If I had to compare him to an NFL prospect, a lot of raw talent, but not someone who's probably going to come in day one and wow you with a lot of things he can do. Very athletic, um, but he is definitely a raw prospect. And then Jet Howard. Jet Howard's another guy that I'm looking at at 15. He was the MVP of the Iverson Classic League before his freshman season at Michigan. He played multiple positions. Uh, he can he can make shots from the perimeter and is just, uh, broadly speaking, a good-sized player with well-rounded skill set, uh, in part because he's the son of a former NBA player and high major college uh, basketball coach. Um, so Jet Howard, I think, is a, is a phenomenal prospect. Once again, I'm not sure he falls to 15, uh, but I would like to have Jet Howard on our, our roster. He's a guy that can, I mean, probably guard one through three. Uh, his offense is there, defense is there, high basketball IQ type guy, uh, high motor, um, a lot of skill set, just a well-rounded basketball player and athlete. I don't think he's going to slip to 15, but if he does, I'd like to see us draft Jet Howard. So my, my top two picks are Whitehead and Jet Howard. And then if Keontae George or Cason Wallace are there at 15, I wouldn't mind drafting either one of those either. Okay. Well, we still got a little bit before the NBA draft. Um, the uh, NHL lottery happened last night, which we will get to um, a little bit later in another cup. But the off season's coming for a lot of the winter sports, like the NBA and the um, the NHL that plays all the way through June. Uh, <laughs> um, but the perfect icy season, June. <laughs> yeah, no joke, man. Um, but you know we're I'm still pumped to hear about the uh, the future of the Hawks. So. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what we get. Should be a big off season for the Hawks. Should be a big off season. Billy, let's, let's get 
Let's get to the Marine South scoreboard from last night in the NBA. The Knicks fall to the Heat 109 to 101. Miami now leads that series three to one, looking to close that one out. Warriors Unreal. fall to the Lakers. Yeah, the, I mean, t- I'm telling you, man, the Heat, it seems like the Heat after they lost the Hawks have, for lack of better terms, had a fire lit under their butt, and they have been on fire because they're El Fuego. Or in Fuego. It's in Fuego. Uh, the Warriors fall to the Lakers 104 to 101. The Lakers one win away from going to the Western Conference Championship Finals. I know Adner Castellanos is insanely excited about that. Uh, don't poke the bear, guys. It's LeBron can still do it, especially in the playoffs when he only has to turn it on, you know, two or three nights out of seven games or seven days. Uh, don't poke the bear. That's really stupid. In the in the NHL, the Golden Knights beat the Oilers five to one. Uh, Las Vegas is up on that series two to one now. Tonight in the Smith floor coverings games and events calendar in the NBA, 76ers at Celtics. That series is tied 2-2. And Suns at Nuggets. That series is also tied at two apiece. In the NHL, the Canes are at the Devils. Carolina leads that series 2-1. And the Stars are at the Kraken. Seattle leads that series 2-1 as well. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, the Canes and the, the Devils series has been really interesting to me. And so is the Kraken. The Kraken's been, they have continued to, you know, this is year one, two of their their existence. And they know. are showing their tails. Love it. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> All right, Bryce, you need another cup of coffee? Indeed I do, sir. All right, another cup of coffee brought to you by our friend, realtor Hannah Strawn with the Robert Goolsby Real Estate Group. The Chicago Blackhawks win the NHL draft lottery. Woo! And the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. I'm so freaking pumped, man. So pumped. Connor Bedard is one of those generational type players, Bryce. He really yeah. is. As a Blue Jackets fan, I guess I'm supposed to be sad today because we didn't we didn't get him or something. Um, apparently, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's 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 not pretty good. He's really freaking good. So. Yeah, but how many times do we hear that about guys? Like, we hear that all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, you, you don't hear it much in the NHL. You don't hear a generational type player in the NHL very much. I don't know. I feel like it's all sports. Like, you know, like Ryan Leaf was supposed to be amazing. I mean, Jamarcus Russell was supposed to be the next guy in the in the NBA. I mean, we got we got Marco Bilicic in, in the NBA. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like we hear this a lot. And maybe it's not as common in the NHL. And maybe they're a little bit better at assessing talent in the NFL, uh, the NHL, excuse me. But, you know, we'll see. I, that's all I've heard is is Connor Bernard is like the next Wayne Gretzky. So, I, I don't know. We'll see. But, yeah, apparently I'm supposed to be mad and depressed today that the Blue Jackets didn't get uh, didn't get the number one pick. But I, I didn't I didn't choose the Blue Jackets because they were good. Um, in fact, they're they're pretty terrible this year. Yeah, they were. But so were the Blackhawks. So, yeah, I feel you. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the Blue Jackets just won too many damn games. <laughs> Come on. Can't well, do that. If, if I'm not mistaken, the Blackhawks actually won more games than the Blue Jackets did. Oh, did they really? Yeah, I think. Uh, that's And and the Blackhawks won the lottery. So, so uh, you know, there's, there's the old myth. Um, let's see. The Blue Jackets had 59 points in the Blackhawks. They also had 59 points. Um, the Blackhawks won one more game than the Blue Jackets. But, I mean, points-wise, they were 
they were right there. So there's there's always been the conspiracy theory around the NBA draft lottery that they try to give the better players to the bigger markets. Is there such a conspiracy theory around the NHL draft lottery? I don't think so, but I could be wrong. Um, you know, I, I texted a buddy of mine last night that was really surprised that he hadn't texted me after the Blackhawks won it. And he's like, I'm not out here right now. I said, okay. Uh, his team ended the ninth in the lottery. So he was oh. he was legitimately pissed. Yeah. Um, I, where did the Blue, do you know where the Blue Jackets were in the lottery? You know where they... Uh, I think they're third. I think I saw last night on a tweet or something. I don't remember, but uh, yeah, apparently, yeah. apparently, I'm supposed to be upset today. But I don't, I don't really, I don't really care. No, not you. No. no. The, the, the NFL. We're, we're 80 something days away from football. I don't care about hockey. West Virginia University reviewing an incident after Mark Huggins, or excuse me, not Mark, Mark Huggins. That's Huggins. After Huggins uses an anti-gay slur on the air. <laughs> uh, dude, Bob, Bob Huggins, I dude, he's always the center of of some type of controversy. He said on, on on air, he said, "What is it? Was all those blank? Those Catholic blank? I think. I I don't I don't understand why why uh. Bob Huggins seems to be the center of controversy all the time. Um, yeah, it says any school that can throw rubber." you know, what, on the floor and then say they didn't do it, my God, they can get away with anything, Huggins said in the interview. <laughs> I mean, oh, man, it's uh, go, go read this article. It is it is just a PR nightmare for the University of West Virginia. So have fun. Have fun with it. He's not going to get it fired, obviously. I mean, the Alabama basketball head coach defended a murderer on his own roster and he didn't get fired. So I don't think Huggins is going to get fired. But apparently words might be worse than actual murder in today's culture. So maybe he will get fired. Who knows? Let's see. People say ouchie with words. <laughs> yeah. Words hurt me. Ex-girlfriend, an ex-girlfriend of Tiger Woods says he used a lawyer to break up with her. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, Billy. If I was Tiger Woods, I would do the exact same thing, honestly. Me like, too. Yeah. Like... I, a $30 million legal battle between Tiger Woods and his ex-girlfriend has escalated uh, with Erica Herman accusing the golf superstar of beginning their relationship when he was uh, when she was an employee and threatening to fire her if she didn't <clears throat> sign an NDA. So that's that's a little sketchy. Um, but yeah, I would I would definitely I would definitely break up with my girlfriend via a lawyer as well if I were Tiger Woods. And, dude, Tiger Woods is the Teflon Don. Like, Tiger Woods has tried to cancel himself so many times that the general public is just over it. I Like, these stories don't give, don't give me any juice. I don't care. I don't care what Tiger Woods does. Just let me know what next time he's playing golf, and I'll watch every single second of it. Yep. I'm, I'm kind of there with you. Yeah. Like, I just, you know... We've been through it with Tiger Woods. What can he do now to shock us? I don't care. When's well, he going to play next? I can watch every single shot. You and I have talked about this before. You and I can separate what happens on and off the court or the the pitch or the golf course. It doesn't matter. We right. can separate what the person is off the court versus on. And what Tiger Woods is off is allegedly a POS 
according to a lot of people, especially his ex-girlfriends. But, you know, he's the hell of a golfer. And right. I, I like watching him because he's a hell of a golfer. So Bingo. that's just Bingo. my difference. You know, yeah. Is, is he my favorite golfer now? No. Uh, but do I, do I enjoy watching him play? Of course I do, because it brings back a lot of memories from my childhood. So, yeah, it's, you know, like I said, Tiger Woods has tried to cancel himself enough. Finally, today in 1901, Cleveland's Earl Moore no-hits Chicago White Sox nine innings, but loses in the 10th, 4-2. Oh, my God. Yeah. Billy, Billy if, I, if I pitched a no-hitter through nine innings and we don't win the game, I'm coming into the dugout swinging a bat at every position player. I mean, just left, right, center, anybody who is on that field is going to get a bat up aside the head. Nine innings, no hit ball, and you lose in 10. I would be furious. Something that we may need to put into another cup tomorrow. I saw something yesterday, and I'm, I haven't been able to confirm it or find it. It was something in passing that I saw, but it seemed like a lot of Iowa and Iowa State players, like more than 100 Iowa, Iowa State players were under the gun because of a betting scandal. Yes. Yeah. There's, uh, I think they have 15 athletes uh, across um, football, wrestling, and another sport. Uh, but yeah, they, they uh, Iowa said that they like received information from like over a hundred people. Um, that uh, that there's been some some stuff going on. Only twenty, only twenty. Here's the story. Yeah, uh, Iowa said it has received information about 111 individuals uh, that were athletes. Only 26 are current athletes. Uh, the vast wow. majority are students who are on the staff, former athletes, or those with no connection to the athletic department. The University of Iowa uh, has suspended 26 athletes across five sports. Baseball, football, men's basketball, men's track and field, and wrestling. In addition, Iowa State acknowledged that some 15 of its athletes across three sports, football, wrestling, and track and field, are also suspended for violating gambling rules for college football. So if you're adding that up, that is 41 athletes across two universities and five different sports have all been suspended. So... This is the tip of the iceberg. This is the tip of the iceberg. The Alabama head basketball coach with his gambling thing is the tip of the iceberg. When you opened up gambling on high school games in a, in a you know a wide array of, of different athletics, that is that's a that's a that's a big pond right there, man. That is a lot of students. I mean, the NFL can't do it, and they only have 32 teams, you know, times 50 something players, and you expect. Right. You know, you expect these individual states to be able to police every now, not each individual state has gambling approved for for sports. But I mean, dude, this that's that's a big thing to try to police and monitor. So this is going to be interesting going forward. This is not going to be the last we hear of student athletes and just students of the university probably involved in some, you know, not necessarily point shaving, but information exchange uh, type deals when it comes to gambling on sports. Yeah, and I figured that was something that you and I can discuss, considering how much you know we talk about gambling on on the podcast and and just our love for sports gambling, which obviously we did really terrible this weekend. Oh man, um, it was a bad week. We're gonna come back though this week. Don't worry, we're gonna come back this yep, weekend. Yep, yep, we're gonna yep. come back. Uh, but that was just something I saw, and I was like, oh, oh, oh my god, 
Yeah, not good. Not good. And received, Iowa's received information about 111 students. <laughs> 111, dude. That's crazy. That, That's just nuts. That seems low. <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, I don't know. 111. There, Iowa's not very big. You know, there might only be a 111 student body there, so. All right, Bryce, you got anything else? Ah, man, let's get out of here on a Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. All right, uh, for Bryce Farling, I'm Billy Lindahl. Have a great day, everybody. We will talk to you all tomorrow. Same time, same place. Shake your neighbor! Just shake them! Shake your neighbor!